Strutty, it is always uh, so much fun to chat with you, going back to the days when you were a player and then uh, getting into the the media scene. And uh, now uh, continuing that with the Got Your Back podcast, you and Ryan Rashog. I I love the title. Uh, I think we all have to have everybody's back these days. But tell us a little bit more about uh, that show, uh, when people can catch it and, and what it's all about. So we started Got Your Back about uh, three years ago, and uh, this was our third season. And there's myself and Ryan Rashog, and obviously we we have added Rob Brown this year, which is great. And we we do mostly Oilers content. Uh, you know, talk a lot about it. And you know, Ryan's a very he's a good insider here in Edmonton. I think Rob Brown and I are pretty good analysts. But what I like about our the duo is that we're we're completely opposite. He was very offensive, and and I was more defensive. Although my stats may not reflect that. So uh, you know. We're talking about this idea of how to play play the game and, and kind of uh, try to win, but you know ultimately you can win in different ways. But it's it's been a lot of fun, so I'm I'm loving I'm loving doing it. Um, it you know we we generally do it uh, you know kind of in the evening that roll out the next morning um, live like live at evenings and roll out the next morning for your consumption. So a lot a lot of fun, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Well, we've we've got your numbers right up there, so you were more offensive than people think. I think. Yeah, I, I wish I was more offensive. <laughs> no, but you you were, uh, and we've talked about this. You and I have talked about this, that everybody on a hockey team has a, a role, whether you're Yarmer Yager yeah. or you're somebody else. And the best players appreciated everybody's role. I mean, the amount of times you've told me about how Yarmer Yager, one of the greatest players of all time, came and thanked the players that had to play the hard minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great, and you know, it's true. There, it's just like a, I call it like a symphony, right? Not every instrument's the same, and not everyone gets the same recognition. But it does take a lot of different people to to make a team work. And you know, especially when at the time I played, you know, hard harder hockey, and you know, there's fighting was was way more prominent than it is today. So, um, yeah, I was really proud of the way I played, and um, you know, now I coach a lot of kids, and I, I can't teach them to play exactly that way. I think it's it's evolved away from that. Um, so yeah, it's been it's 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 interesting to look back and kind of reminisce about your career a bit. But it feels like a whole lifetime ago. You know, I had yeah. a hockey career and now the family career and the radio career. So yeah, it's funny how there's different stages in a person's life. Yeah, and and how you just look back and sometimes you're like, wow, I don't recognize that person. Like I, I look back <laughs> at my twenties and I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. an old man now and I am not the, the same person. But the one thing I I remember about being as a kid is. I could smell hockey season, like the fall. You could smell it in the air. You walked into that rink and, you know, I smelled it the other day when I was a rink in Lethbridge and it took me back. I mean, do you still get excited uh, when, you know, we, we love summer, but when that fall changes and you can kind of smell hockey coming and all the memories come back, do you still get excited as, as a hockey dad and a coach now? Yeah, as a dad and a coach, not as a player. You know, I, I don't even, we have alumni skates with the Oilers. We're very lucky. The Oilers treat us really well. And I, I, I rarely partake in them. Although this year, I, I'm Chris Joseph's all over me to get get more involved in them. But I don't really enjoy the playing. And it, it, it makes me a little bit sad. But I love coaching. You know, I run various camps. I work with my own uh, my own kids' teams. I coach them. Um, I work at different academies. And I, I love the coaching. And just trying to help someone um you want to improve even a couple percent or, or unlocking a part of their game that maybe they were struggling with. I just get so much joy out of that. And then seeing them translate that to gameplay. I mean, I, I just absolutely love it. So I can see why people love coaching, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's it kind of gets in your blood and, and just the the joy you get. And, and it would be the same as being a teacher in a classroom of seeing one of your students succeed at right. something uh, is is such a 
uh, just a great thing, I, I could only imagine. We, we've chatted about your journey to your uh, hockey career, and you know, you have talked about how you weren't thinking about playing in the NHL at 13 or, or 14, really, but today, these kids seem to have the goal of wanting to make it. Like, they are so dedicated. Good <laughs> good thing or bad thing? Or is there good and bad about, you know, good, obviously, about yours because you still make it, even though you, you, you know, it wasn't on the front of your mind at 10, 11, 12 years old, but the kids are so focused and so dedicated today. Yeah, they are, and, and I think that, you know, they're very professional at a very young age. And I think that's why we're seeing young players come into NHL and have success. You know, I, I remember when I was drafted, I, I, I was considered a, a very hardworking guy and worked out like as far as off the ice. Like I worked out, I ran, I did a lot of things off the ice, but not compared to the level the guys do now. You know, uh, it's it's just at the same age. It's just so much different. Um, I, I worry a little bit that the fun of the game's leaving at a too young of an age. Uh, you know, you should be going to the rink excited to play. And I played with guys and good players that just hated hockey. They didn't enjoy it because they played so much as a young player. So um, I think every child's different. Every, you know, whether male or female, everyone approaches differently. I know I loved it. I, when they finally cut the skates off me, I knew I was done. And I, I was like, hey, I'm done playing. I don't want to play anymore. But for the most part, I loved it all. I loved the good. The bad, the bag skates, the wins, the losses, the championships, the horrendous seasons, the good coaches, the bad. Like, I loved all of it. And if you don't love something, uh, it's really hard to make it to the top because there's just so, it's so incredibly difficult. Uh, and we, we look at players like Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard and we celebrate them and they are incredible. But those guys work so hard away from the lights. When nobody else is watching, that is how you improve. You, you, you simply can't get good enough just doing it in practice. You have to do it at home, you know, running hills, shooting pucks, stick handling, watching hockey. You do all that when no one's watching you. That's how you truly get better. Um, and I think that's the challenge for kids today is to, to do it because they love it, not because they're trying to you know, beef up their TikTok account. Yeah, and you should you should never uh, get involved in a sport just solely to get to the top level. Your first reason should no. be I want never. to do this and I love yeah. it. Um, you know, it's it's that's the only way. Now the choices today are crazy. I mean, I grew up with minor hockey. The only non-minor hockey choice I ever heard was Notre Dame Academy, and and that was <laughs> such a a one-off. And now we have so many choices. Uh, you you uh, coach and coach your kids, and you were able to coach in the HSL, the Hockey Super League. Uh, and there's other academies out there as well. Uh, I think choice is good. But uh, what was your experience, and what did you like about the uh, HSL model? They just saw, you know, it, 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 I'd heard about it for a number of years. I had some friends that, that, that put their sons or daughters into it. And I, you know, I, I finally, it wasn't that I was running away from minor hockey, but this opportunity was, was really neat. I was able to group together with about three or four other dads and guys that I, I good friends of mine. And we kind of started with that nucleus of, of coaches. And then we found players that wanted to, 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 to trust us and parents that wanted to trust in what we're trying to do to try to make the kids have a good experience. Like wins and losses, they don't matter to me. That's just a way of, to me, keeping score if the kids are improving. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been a really good experience. You can set up your practice as much as you want or you can practice as little as you want, whatever you want to do. Uh, I like the clustered games at the younger ages because that leaves a lot of time in between for you to uh, work on your, the kids' uh, knowledge of the game and skills.
Yeah, I, I think the, the setup um, where you can have your games and also have uh, so much skill development and nice time and practice. And, you know, when you said about uh, wins and losses, that's so true. I mean, there were teams in the in the JPHL, which is the, the I guess, the older version of sort of the yeah. HSL, that they were in the bottom of the standings uh, all year. But off the ice, you could not tell because they were having as much fun. They were getting involved and meeting the other. And those showcase weekends, are, if you if you will, they give a chance for the kids to get together and meet everybody as well. And it's you know not a we want to win this tournament. We just want to come out with a good weekend. So I really like the model uh, set up mm. to make the kids um, feel enjoyable. And there's so much else going on with everything other than just the hockey. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's it. I mean... I look back on my my minor hockey career. I, I can't tell you anything we won, but I can sure remember the hotel stays. I remember the times in the dress rooms with my buddies. Like I remember all that stuff. I, I don't remember anything that we you know specifically worked on growing up. <laughs> so I think that's what we have to keep in mind that it is for fun, right? We we are playing a game, and you got to try to make it fun. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't you know help them improve and help them reach. Maybe they have some personal goals or team goals. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think a coach's job is to improve your players more than other coaches improve their players. And I think that if we all have that attitude, I think that hockey, you know, in, in, in any league really improves. And we all have our influences. Obviously, we're influenced by our parents. Um, you know, I look at uh, my two brothers as uh, hockey parents, and I see my dad coming through sometimes. And <laughs> um, and I'm sure the same thing for you and, and different coaches. We all learn from different people. Do you draw, even though you're, you're coaching youth players, do you draw from some of the coaches you played with? And do you see your dad in you sometimes as a hockey dad? Oh yeah, my dad. Well, it's hard sometimes being a dad and the coach, right? It's it's a difficult, and I think I've seen both sides where you you know you maybe player coaches play their kids too much or not enough, right? Or they don't give them, you know, the MVP even though they deserve it. You know, like it's pretty it's pretty crazy. I'm not suggesting my kids are amazing players, but that's just what I've seen. It is it is kind of difficult uh, to to manage that. But I I do see my dad, or I hear my dad in me. I I I believe in working hard. That's just. That's kind of the Strudwick Foundation. That's what going back to my grandpa and probably his father before him. We just we are just hard workers. Like I know what I am. I'm a worker bee. And so I, I, I try to have that passed through my through my kids and into to other players I coach. Um and then as far as drawing inspiration, I, I'm not a big yeller. I try to be very um not stern, but I try to be make sure that everyone understands where the where you cannot cross the line. And like when we're learning something, we're learning. Like we're there. Let's say we're learning a new four check or whatever. We're learning. Okay, now we're now's not the time to be jerking around. If we're mid drill, we want to say something funny about my hairline. No problem. I have no problem with that. But and you're trying to have the kids understand those those different lines that can be crossed. Uh, so you're you're fair but stern. But you want to make sure they have fun. So you try to include you know encourage that that fun aspect of of, of playing a game because uh, they are playing a game and then. When you learn a new play and they break it down in, in a game, or if they make a play, like for instance, if I create a new offensive play and they they score before the game, I'll say, if you guys score, I'll buy everyone a blizzard. Ah. Obviously, not the big ones. We're talking small. I'm not. I'm not made. I'm not a billionaire, but I get them. You know, maybe a snack size. Yeah. Uh, but the kids get so excited about it, right? Then they want to try to do it. They want, and then you know, I've had it happen where they've done it, and as they're coming through the line, they're yelling at me. They yelled everyone. <laughs> what they want. Like I want a chocolate chip lizard or a Smarties. Like I heard it, go line up or you're not getting it. Right. But they know that like, I, I, you know, they, they have fun and, and, um, but I want to encourage that, that joy of, of, uh, of, of games. 
Oh, that's awesome. Maybe throw in some Mr. Sub gift certificates. Uh, you know, me and Mr. Sub, yeah. uh, maybe the kids would love right. that. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're not 40 year old broadcasters. I'm not sure. That's right. Um, that's right. It, it, it's so fun seeing the kids get excited about stuff. I love them coming through with, with things like that. Let's, let's talk a little Oilers now because you guys do talk about that. And obviously you're a former Oiler. Uh, they added again in the off season. There's all this talk every year about McDavid's contract or the dry side of contract and they got to win a cup before this and that. Is that at all distracting in the room, do you think? Or is that just us and fans talking about it? Well, I think in the room, you're aware of everyone's contract status. You know, and you know that these guys have, what is it, two and three years left on their deal, but that you can't control that. You know, if I'm on a teammate of, of Condra, I, I can't control what he's going to do in, in any time, but I can control my effort, my my contribution to the team, my preparation uh, to help to win a Stanley Cup here. Like, you know, and, and they are creeping closer. I love the addition of Connor Brown. I think he's really going to help their penalty kill. Um, you know, he's a guy who's, who's penalty killed quite a bit in the past. You can see through these few games of uh, exhibition, he's getting pretty good minutes on the penalty kill. So not only will he help, you know, brief up that or finish off what I hope is a strong top six, He's now going to help on the penalty kill, an area that maybe you can take a little bit off of Connor Leon and they can, you know, focus on maybe resting, you know, for some parts of the game rather than being, you know, I think Connor had the second most PK minutes for the orders uh, forwards. And I want to say Leon was in before five. So maybe these guys can get a break. Um, but they are getting closer. The distraction, I, I don't believe it's a distraction because it's its just the way it is. It's the same Austin Matthews added there. You know, other Steve Stamkos mentioned it in training camp. Yeah, he doesn't right. have a contract done. That's a captain. But, you know, the thing, the difference between Austin Matthews and, and Connor and Stamkos is he's won a Stanley Cup. So I, you know, I, I'm just hopeful. I, I cheer for Edmonton. I'm not going to lie. I want the city to have success. I want them to feel what it's like to celebrate a championship and um, as a team. So I hope that they're able to win two, a Stanley Cup in the next two, three years. And if that's done and the guys leave, like, okay, thanks. Thanks for the memories, man. Like, you know, now if they, if they leave without it, then I, I still think there's a lot of good memories. Like they're sure. special players. But the, not very often those top players leave their teams, um, you know, because you're not going to – it's going to be difficult to go somewhere and sign together and have a good team around them and try to win. So I, I don't ultimately know what the plan is, but – I know that Ken has built his team better every year he's been here, and they're really close now. What is the area of weakness that you see going into this season that, you know, if if they didn't get it short up or they may have to have somebody have an ultimate season or, or make a change? Where's the where's that weak spot? Certainly not offense. No, that's not <laughs> no, that's not it. I think they're they're missing a top four defenseman. Um, you know, love Cody Cece, but he hasn't been and is not a top four defenseman. Um, and he's done all right as that here with playing Ryan Schacko and Nurse. So, you know, who could fill that? You know, there's talk about Broberg or maybe Vinny Darnay or, I don't, you know, I think those are a bit of a stretch. Um, so I'd love to see that beefed up um, towards that trade deadline uh, if they if they can make something like that happen. Um, you know, then obviously I think their their fourth line has to kind of get organized and it, 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 it revolves around a center. Um, getting the right guy. Like I was hoping Brandon Sutter would be that guy. Mm. Obviously, it, it hasn't worked out that way um, for him. But, you know, and the guys that are going to try to fill that hole, I don't think they fit what they need. But the good news is, is you can acquire that uh, at the trade deadline. 
Yeah, you certainly can. Uh, I, Matt, uh, Craig McTavish was in Vancouver over the weekend. Uh, his son Sean coaches in the JPHL, so I brought him on the broadcast, and it was funny. We were going from you know Wayne Gretzky to Connor McDavid in in you know in our conversation, and Oiler fans, so lucky. You've got the greatest player of all time, and then now the best player in the current game, um, and then in between, I guess, is where they sold their soul uh, to get those two players. I mean, the 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 decade of darkness. When you look at it, and you were you were unfortunately having to yeah. play in those games. When you look at it now, I, every Horler fan would say, "Oh yeah, it was totally worth it." But I did the <laughs> post game show. You know, I was I was around yeah. in the media, yeah. and and you know, we saw those games, and you did the post game shows at times. At the time, people were going crazy. Now they they look back on it and they oh, it wasn't that bad. It was a literal decade of darkness. Yeah, I I think you know I look back on those times and I think. Every GM is trying to win, right? And you're, and you're, you you keep thinking you're close, you're close, you're close, and we can turn it. And you know sometimes maybe you just have to accept the fact we're not that close. You know we're really not that close. It might be time to do like Chicago's done, and they burned it down to nothing. Everyone was gone, and then you start acquiring pieces and bringing things back together. Um, because I think a dangerous thing is to be in that middle tier where you're kind of fighting for eight, nine, ten in the in the conference yes. every year, and and you're and then you maybe trade away some assets to pick this guy up or get that guy. And like, it's, it's nice, but you're really not getting it. You know, you're really not getting over the top. And, and I'll give the example. I, I, I really think Ken Hall would love to have the Mike Green and Anthony C.U. trades back. And I said at the time, I'm on record, that was not the year to go in. Don't go all in. Just ride it out. You're, you're not good enough to win. So don't waste assets on that. Um, and I do believe, like, now they are in the window. So this this year, if you're able to find a right shot defenseman like Atcom, uh, you, you make that trade all day long. I don't care what you have to trade. You have to trade the rest of my hair off then, you get it. You do whatever you need to to get that guy because now is the time to go all in. Not not when you're, oh, we might win a round. Win a round. Who cares about winning a round? Well, all, if if anything, you are always honest. Struddy, it's such a pleasure to chat <laughs> with you. Uh, I loved working with you and I love staying in touch with you and I love Got Your Back with yourself, Brownie and uh, Rashad. Thanks so much for giving us some time in Game Changers. Uh, the HSL uh, is happy, is lucky to have you. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks for having me and uh, we'll do it again soon. And uh, it's great to see you doing and uh, looking so good. Thanks, buddy.